Hello, my friends, Andy, uh, coming to you live from Orange County, California, in the Placentia Yerba Linda School District. Um, we have a lot going on, and we're going to have a lot to talk about, so I'm going to go ahead and bring my guest up right away. She needs no introduction to my audience. Hey, Leandra Blades, how are you doing? Good, how are you? <laughs> Very good. Oops, I got to take away my thing. There we go. Um, yeah, I thought we'd get started right away, because I know we have a lot of ground to cover, and I, I, I'm guessing we'll be on for about three or four hours, so uh, we'll cut... <laughs> I won't wait. I can pick up something from practice in an hour. <laughs> uh, well, I want to jump right in with something really quick here. And I just want to um, go into what's happening with, with masks first. And I think that's the best way to start because we had a pretty big rally today. And what I'm reading uh, is, is old hat for people like you and I who um, understand science, understand common sense, have been looking at all these issues from uh, over over a year ago, uh, you know, going on two years ago, and what what the press is finally just catching on is that masks don't work. And so here, uh, January second, from the Washington Examiner, it says this is an airborne illness. Doctor Scott Gottlieb, uh, Gottlieb says cloth masks don't provide a lot of protection against COVID nineteen. And then I have another one here that says CNN medical analyst admits cloth masks don't work against COVID. And then the reporter says, I reported that mask mandates would not work and why in the autumn of, of uh, 2020. And down here, it just goes into further that um, the author says, I want to point out that there was plenty of evidence that cloth masks were not working in 2020. I used my experience as an environmental health and safety professional to describe all the reasons mask mandates would fail. Then we have, um, this is from the BBC, says uh, COVID, evidence on face masks is, uh, in schools is inconclusive. And that's just three of the, the, the many stories that I've been able to find. And so all that to say is that at best, and this is people reaching, that there may be a minor uh, thing mm -hmm. that uh, masks can do. But that's, that's, again, I think people trying to look for a positive when there isn't one. Uh, but all the evidence that I've looked at all the way back to 2016 is masks don't work. And so we have everything from inconclusive to they flat out don't work. The one thing I just want to point out here is um, uh, between 2008 and 2020, you see that blue line. And it may be hard to see if you're watching on a, on a phone, but you see the blue lines there every year from 2008, 2009. That's uh, deaths due to um, uh, uh, respiratory disease. So you see, we virtually had no change. All the way into 2020, there was no change. So we have nothing really, any reason why that we need to be worried about kids being masked, obviously, and we've known that for a very long time. But you see the red line. The red line is the increase or the, the number of deaths due to drug and alcohol-induced deaths. And this is in kids 13 to 18 years old, which is the kids in our, in our school district. And you see it's 1,006 a, a in 2020, all the way up. It doubled from 2019, which was 541. So I, I bring that up and I bring this to our audience's attention is to uh, we're not goofballs, right? We're not conspiracy <laughs> theorists. We're not morons. Um, <laughs> we've known that masks don't work. And, and for whatever reason, the, uh, you know, the, the, the federal government, the state, we have some Orange County, uh, you know, uh, supervisors and that type of thing. And then we have our district that we're fighting against something that obviously does not work, that is literally killing our children and harming our children and they do and they, they want to do nothing about it so i start off with a rant because i am so angry that um I, it's really hard for me not to use very colorful language right now and um i, I just want to you know you uh, leander blaze if you don't know she's a member of our school board here at the placentia of linda school district and i just want to get you know some of the things that are happening behind the scenes maybe or are there things that um how do you feel about this and what what is it that we can do about it uh in the meeting that we're having tomorrow Sorry, that was a very long rant. No, 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 it's fine. I've been hearing a lot of ranting lately, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you, you know how I feel about masks. I believe totally in parents' choice and your personal choice. So if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If it makes you feel protected or if you think it's protected and that's what you believe in, then do it. But if you don't, then don't. Um, I'm not quite understanding. Um, I shouldn't say I don't understand. I understand about the school, like, you know, as we look at the ESSER funding, um, and what has been tied to ESSER funds from the government, you know, it sounds like from what I'm doing some research, because this is kind of just all starting to pop up, is that it, there's a there's a strong possibility that the ESSER funds for one or two that was, that was given out originally didn't have any strings attached. But then as you go to the ESSER funds three, um, which was the most recent approved funds that we got, it's 
sounds like there are strings attached that basically was to keep you with these COVID protocols in the schools is how you get your funding. So I kind of always wondered how, when I was told, I said, are we making any money off of these vaccine clinics that you see sometimes that are posted on our schools? You know, we're letting them use our, the school property for these clinics. No, we're not making any money. Well, maybe because of these ESSER funds, we have to have these vaccine clinics because that's tied to the funding. So in a way, we are getting funding from that, but they're just trying, you know, we're just being told no. Um, you know, the masks the social distancing, all the stuff that's going on in schools, it seems like it possibly could be tied to the ESSER 3 funds, which we're still trying to, uh, you know, we're still trying to find that out. So like, don't hold me to it. But from just reading from the CDC website and from reading from some of the information that we've seen, it, you know, that wasn't really revealed when, uh, you know, you go in for this approval. Mm -hmm. So, uh, um, yeah, so looking at that and then, what we what I saw today was something up as it could be as much as twenty million dollars yeah. um, given to each school district that maintains these yes. these rules and protocols. Yes, and uh, you know, and then you start to question. Like a couple months ago, we approved. You know, they said, "Oh, they're giving us five million dollars," and, and you know, we don't have to do anything for it, but apply for it. So then you start to ask questions like, "Well, maybe you had to apply for it, but what what were their strings attached to that too?" So, you know, there's a lot of information that I feel like we don't get. Um, and so we're just going to need to start doing a really deep, deep dive. And uh, I don't know. It's a really tough time when you hear things like this. Like when you go, okay, wait a second. We weren't given all this information because I can tell you if it was tied to something like this where you're going to have to continue the masking. Because obviously, I believe it was like six months ago, we've asked for parental choice in our schools for masks. So why would I knowingly approve funds that's going to keep our kids in the mass or promise to keep the kids in mass to get some funding? Like that would make no sense for me to do that. Um, you know, like tomorrow night, the vaccine mandates on the table. Like, why would I want money that's going to, you know, be tied to a vaccine? I mean, it just makes no sense. So, so there's a lot of processing. There's been a lot of processing for like myself for maybe like the last week or two, just the things that are happening um the things that you know the just just all that just all this stuff i'm just i am i am disgusted like if you want me to start ranting i could start ranting but i'm trying really hard to be professional right i can now. tell <laughs> well we have an issue going right on there. she's right there pour a glass of wine somebody <laughs> right um, we have a we have this issue in uh, travis ranch was which is one of the schools in the district uh where a student had been wearing a mesh mask um, for I think over a year has some, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, has some medical issues that was, it was because he was uh, getting lightheaded and, and nearly passing out when he was wearing the, the other mask, the, the cloth mask, but he'd been wearing a, a mesh mask for a very long period of time. And I, what I understand there's employees uh, in the school district and it, it's some of the schools that they also wear mesh mask. And it, it, up until the other day, it wasn't a problem, but suddenly out of the blue, they decided that there was a problem for this one child and he was told to leave the school, if I'm uh, understanding this correctly, and not allowed to return with a mesh mask. He had, a, if he was going to come back, he'd have to wear a normal mask, which causes him to get headaches and get lightheaded and that kind of stuff. And, um, but there's no, as, as far as, uh, you know, I've looked and I know other people have looked, there is no rule against mesh mask, mesh mask. They're just saying that um, basically the rule is that you have to wear a mask. So, um, what, what's going on with that? And I, and I, and, and then I want to get into what happened in the, in the last school board meeting, but, uh, is there anything, <laughs> is there anything going on with that case in particular? I know we have the school board meeting that yeah. was a big issue last week, but mm -hmm. what about this, this particular child? So I, I'm not going to, cause, um, I, I'm not going to comment on specifics because, you know, I haven't been told not to, but from my, um, you know, from what I've been told, you know, there's going to be attorneys involved and stuff. So I'm just going to keep it very generic. But what I'm going to say overall is that people in our school district have been wearing mesh masks and these sports masks with the holes in them for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And so to me, it is ludicrous for all of a sudden to basically, you know, to stop or um, you know, I, I'm trying really hard to be uh, politically correct around this one. 
not politically correct, but just not to give so much away. Um, so for me, it just, for a year and a half, we have not mesh masks. I mean, I have sat up at the board meetings. I've gone onto school campuses. I have gone on airplanes and I've had a mesh mask. If I have to wear a mask for a long time, like I remember one time I almost passed out in Costco. Like I can't, I can't do the mask. I don't understand how these teachers and these students and these people are doing these masks all day long. I do not understand it. And I feel super, I feel, I feel terrible for them. I would have to wear like a normal mask um, at a school a little while ago for like 30 minutes. And I was like, you know, get out of there. Like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. But um, as far as that goes, I believe, and I think too, you being a police officer and dealing with court cases, past practice is a huge, huge deal. Huge right. deal. You can't just start implementing something because of um, possible like legal action, you know, and it doesn't make the things that happen a year and a half go away. Um, right. So, and I also would say too that I believe that this has divided our district even more. And I think it's just really, it, it this, this whole mesh mask incident has, I mean, it, it's just taken, it's just taken on a life of its own. I think you have more parents rising up now. Um, there's attorney, like uh, apparently there's attorneys involved. Um, and the whole thing too is, is that we are, I, I do know that, you know, we are removing kids from school. It's no secret because how many people have come out on social media saying they've done this, they've done this, they've done this. Mm -hmm. um, I have advocated to get these kids back into school. I have advocated for the mass choice because the CDC and the CDPH they are only giving guidance. It's a guide to choosing a mask. And there's a most effective to a least effective. There's nothing on the websites that say there are no mesh masks allowed. Right. And to say, um, you know, like I know that there was an email from the superintendent. He did a personal email to Dr. Chow and asked about the mesh masks. And, you know, Dr. Chow, you know, said, oh, mesh masks aren't acceptable. If, if light can go through and air and I mean, like, what do you mean air? I mean, how are you supposed to breathe if air's not going through your mask? And so that's like, I kind of like thought about that and I go, well, that's, a, that's like, that's exactly what Dr. Chow would say. He's not a medical doctor, first of all. Right. So like, why, why are we asking him medical questions? Um, but for me, um, for me also, what I think that they're forgetting is like, if I could read this real quick, mm -hmm. um, as far as removing these kids because of the mask, um, just in November, November 19th of 2021, you know, this came out, the attorneys for Let Them Breathe um, came out with the judges, uh, you know, with the judges findings. And it's, um, it specifically says, second, I mean, I could read the whole thing, but it's kind of long. And then, so this is a paragraph that really stands out. Second, the order confirms the state's position that all individuals are required to wear a mask or face covering while indoors at a K-12 school in California. However, enforcement of the state's mask mandate is left up to each school. Nothing in the CDPH guidance requires schools to exclude students who refuse to wear a mask. As the state confirmed to the court, nothing in the challenge mask guidance purports to direct or authorize schools to force students into this independent study program. I mean, and then it just keeps going on and it says, you know, it, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. And so why are we... The question too is, you know, a lot of teachers have come to me about this since all this started happening. And they've said, it is hard for us when you have a behavioral individual or somebody who's not making grades. Um, some teachers have said they've been threatened. The school has been threatened. Students have been threatened. Um, you know, there's weapons on campus, dope, drugs, uh, you know, alcohol. And because of this restorative justice, you know, they don't want to remove the kids from school. So instead of suspension, they might go sit into a classroom and watch some videos for a couple of days and, you know, go talk about, you know, what's, what's making them do this. But yet the mask suddenly is an offense that these kids leave this campus right away. And that does not make any sense to anybody, especially right. too when you have this guidance that says you do not have to do this. So in my opinion, this is a discriminatory act once again, against the kids in the masks who are wearing the mesh masks on campus. I mean, they're not walking in, they're refusing to wear masks. They're just wearing the mask that their parent has chosen for them that they right. can breathe easy in. 
And so they're saying for some reason, I mean, the CDC has said that N95s are not safe for children. The CDPH has said surgical masks are not safe for children. So right. if there's all these, this data that's coming out that's not safe, I find it hard to believe that the district by telling people you can't wear this mesh mask or trying to say what mask, mask you can use, how are they not taking on liability for themselves? If something happens to these kids who have problems wearing you know, these masks that are super tight on their face. What happens if they pass out? Whose fault is that? You know? That's really strange. I mean, it's a Dr. Chow, right? I always forget Dr. his name. Chow. Dr. Chow, uh, his doctorate, or he's a doctor of psychology, is he not? Or psychology. Psychology. Yes. So I was talking to this with my wife, Hedia, about you would think that a doctor of psychology would understand how much more damage this is causing psychologically yes. and, and, and probably reads up on the, on the statistics, the one that I just showed you about 13 to 18 year olds uh, that are dying from alcohol and drug abuse and, right. and um, overdoses, that he would understand that much better. He's here promoting something that's a medical issue that right. clearly is not helping anything. It's not stopping anything. So why wouldn't a it's just, it's, I don't expect an answer from you, but it just doesn't make any sense. How does this guy who is seemingly in charge of our, our health here in Orange County, and right now it appears to be our children's health, not wanting to protect the children? What is this about that, that the district itself, not you, because you and, and Sean are really the only two that are fighting as hard as the parents are, um, but what is it about these people that are uh, that are in charge of our children that don't seem to care about our children? Do you have any clues as to, is it about the money? Is it yes. quite possibly a money issue? Yes. All right. Um, we'll, we'll leave it at that. So um, <laughs> uh, January, <laughs> January 11th uh, was the last school board meeting. That's when it was scheduled. This issue at Travis Ranch was about a week or two prior to the meeting. Um, there was a, already uproar about it. There was already some, um, some protests and, and people marching in front of the school about this issue. So they clearly knew, they being you guys in the school board and the district uh, superintendents, knew that this was going to be an issue. Um, and they probably knew the parents were going to be there. They probably knew that maybe an attorney or two might be there. And so on January 11th, uh, what I believe was a, a setup to actually not have the meeting at all is that it, they came in, the, the president, the, the new president, but uh, uh, Buck has been around for a, a good long period of time. Um, she read some statement, some new rule that they created, her and Dr. El Sasser, what I'm guessing, and probably Freeman, and uh, read a statement. And then they kind of pointed at a couple people in the audience. Um, and she read the statement one more time, a, a little bit more lengthy. And then she just flat, then she just ended the meeting. There was no vote. There was no motion. There was nothing. She just decided that because somebody, which I think was probably a stooge in the, uh, in the audience and giving them a reason to stop that. That's my guess. I wasn't at the meeting because I uh, had a little bit of a, a cold myself, so I didn't go. But um, I, I believe this was a complete setup just to not have the meeting because they were probably unprepared and didn't want to hear from, uh, um, from whoever was going to be speaking in, in regard to this child at, at Travis Ranch. Um, what is there, is there anything you could tell us about this issue in regard to whether they, it was against the rules, maybe even against the law, uh, in regard to ending the, the, the board meeting in the way that they did? Yeah, um, it did violate our bylaws. And I know that like me and Sean, we stayed after and it was really funny because people said, Oh, she was the only one who stayed after. Well, I stayed after because what happened was wrong and it broke our bylaws. Um, we did talk to the superintendent, me and Sean. And from what I remember, it was, well, the board bylaws may have been broken, but if not, there's a government code that backs it up. So we did talk about, well, we need to change the bylaws completely because this should never happen. So when you actually go in and read the bylaws, um, I don't know if I have them right here or not, but it basically says that, you know, it, we had a full quorum. So her being able to just adjourn the meeting like that, what she needed to do was if she was going to adjourn that suddenly, she had to have a date, a time, and a location set. And so obviously, you're not supposed to, if you have a full quorum, you're not supposed to adjourn suddenly like that and just walk out. You obviously need to turn to the board because you can't act. Like, I mean, what are the rules? What are the, what is it always preached? You have to act as a board, you know? So this, obviously, she should have turned and says, I'm going to adjourn this meeting. What is a good date, a time, and a location for the next meeting. 
and that needed to be discussed and that needed to be set before the adjournment. And so I think that those rules are in place because I mean, who's to say that tomorrow night she can't sit there. Somebody puts a mask. Now she's beaten her gavel again. I mean, yep. so that really makes no sense. And I will say that I have spoken to many parliamentarians, many elected officials, people have seen the video and they said it absolutely breaks the board bylaws. And for someone to say that it doesn't, it's like ludicrous because these bylaws are there, you know, like when they're saying, you know, in some cases you can convene with less than a quorum. Well, you're probably convening from less than a quorum because there's not enough people for a quorum to have the board meet right. to take a vote. I mean, like, like these are the things that people are saying, how can someone say that this isn't breaking the board bylaws? Um, and so I've, you know, I've talked to a lot of people, they've seen the video and they said, this is not, you do not, you're, you don't have the power to unilaterally, you know, end a meeting like that, especially, especially, especially when all of the meetings before we have allowed mesh masks. We can't right. take a stand on mesh masks just, you know, arbitrarily because this has become a hot topic. Past practice, like I said before, is a huge thing, huge. And so you're telling me that when I, I mean, I was sitting up on the dais in a mesh mask <laughs> and nobody even gave me the heads up. Hey, we're going to announce a new rule. So what were they going to do? Make me get up and go get a new mask? I mean, give me a break. That's ridiculous. And I think they told me the day before, oh, well, mesh masks are not allowed. I said, well, show me where the policy is. Show it to me. And you can't. You show me a CDC guide for choosing a mask. Well, this is the mask that I chose for me. And then the CDC director just came out and said, the best mask, you know, for yourself is one that you can wear comfortably all day long. Okay. So obviously that type of mask. So, I mean, there's so much going on um, and so many opinions. And another thing too, is I asked questions and I said, who, and I know that this was also announced to staff in the district. And I said, who did that whole mesh rule? And he told me, Carrie Buck asked me to write that rule. And then mm. My issue with this is that how do you go and read something when you have one board member who only knows about it? You haven't talked with this whole board because had you talked to all of us, we all would have had opinions on it and we would all probably have said, why don't we wait and actually research and find an absolute policy because Dr. Chow hasn't put it into policy at OC nope. Health. He has not. It's not on his website. Anything for OC Health sends you straight into the CDPH which is what our website has constantly been doing. So now they've arbitrarily made a new rule about no mesh mask or these holes in the sports mask. And so now, I mean, and so now we're even probably, it's even worse because how many people are emailing me, calling me and saying, hey, my kid's still in a mesh mask. Teachers, I'm still wearing a mesh mask. Staff, I'm still wearing a mesh mask. So you have all these people wearing these mesh masks and reporting it. Hey, yep. I'm wearing a mesh mask. And then, but we're still taking, there's kids like that are kind of being picked off at different yep. schools for a mesh mask. So where's, what, so what's going on here would be my thing. And how are we allowing this to happen? Especially after a year and a half of nothing being said, mesh mask being worn, your own board member was wearing a mesh mask. Yep. Well, it's starting to appear that they're, uh, they're, they're, attacking i'm looking for a different word but there it seems to be children of parents who speak out against the school board or have spoken at the school board and and not not you of course but you know against some of these mandates and against some, some some of these types of things and some of these kids are straight a students that are now allowed not allowed to go to school that now they're missing classes and there's just so much that seems to be retaliatory that's the word i was looking for uh for other things because it is not um it's, it's not being uh, enforced equally um, in, in the sense that a, a good, solid rule that's written down prior to saying it's a violation. They call it a violation, and then they create the rule later. We, right. That's not done in any, in any form or fashion in anything. We knew, know as law enforcement officers that it's not against the law unless it's written down. Exactly. <laughs> voted, voted on by Congress or voted on by yeah. you know, state representatives. And that has to go through a long period of time. You don't you don't enforce a law that doesn't exist and then create a law behind it, right. uh, which has happened here. Uh, I wrote an email the other day um, that uh, was a lot less volatile than when I first wrote it. 
and 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 I uh, thanks to my wife. She she's That's always the one. Who say, I think somebody else was behind that one then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she calms me down because uh, I'm going to tell you what I you know some of the words I use because I think Carrie Buck is a spineless coward, um, and 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 got scared and didn't want didn't didn't know how to handle a meeting that would handle such a a, um, a serious situation like this sudden uh, retaliatory act on this child for wearing a mesh mask. She wasn't prepared for you know maybe some of the speakers that might have been you know coming forward and some of the controversy. And I, and I think that along with her was a, a Dr. El Sasser, another spineless person in my mind, who was sitting there egging her on to do it or helped her, you know, in the process of doing this. Because there's so many other ways of handling a meeting where perhaps some of the audience isn't following the rules, maybe speaking too loudly, maybe, um, you know, commenting, you know, when it's not their turn to comment with it. There's like at least the last couple of times that we've been to school board meeting, there's like eight police officers, four firemen and security guards. Yeah. You're going to tell me that Carrie Buck couldn't have gone and said, hey, we're going to pause this meeting for a second. She gets in contact with the lieutenant that's there because usually there's a lieutenant or a watch commander that's there and said, you know, we're going to carry on with this meeting. But can you help me with this person who's not following the rules, right. you know, and, and then stay out of it. Right. continue with the meeting, allow the law enforcement that's there to do the things that they're there for right. instead of just arbitrarily ending this meeting right. and throwing a temper tantrum, which right. is just unbecoming of our uh, school district. And that was all in my original email. And I took much of it out. Thanks to again, thanks to my wife. But um, these are the things I talked about in the email was that if she can't run a meeting, how can she be president, so-called mm -hmm. president, in right. charge of running these meetings because this is not going to stop. Right. It's only going to get more difficult for her uh, with all the things that we have coming up. CRT, uh, vaccine mandates, continuing list with this, with this mass mandate, mm -hmm. um, online programs where the teachers are putting kids on behind a computer inside their classroom instead of teaching them what it is okay. that they need to learn to uh, the types of people that have speaking at their assembly, like the uh, Black Lives Matter uh, proponent that they were going to pay $60,000 to speak uh, for an hour at one of the meetings. These things are not getting better. They're going to get worse and they're going to continue with this madness. What is it we can do, if anything, to uh, to forward, to push, uh, uh, you know, for a replacement that she's just not equipped or prepared to handle this kind of thing? Is there anything in your mind that we can do? Well, I mean, you know, there, the election, there's an election coming up in 2022. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was um, when you talked about there was three security guards in the meeting and there's three police officers all standing there. And in the past, we've had staff walking around with a mask, handing out masks to people. Um, I saw one person who wasn't masked and I saw a few that had like a mask below their nose. But I just feel like that was, you know, you, you have to pick your battles here. And I feel like, I, I feel like these battles that are being picked, like there's some, it's, it's on the wrong side. And, and I'll say to the, at the board meeting tomorrow night too. And, you know, and these opinions are of my own, of course. Um, yes. But I just feel like what, the, you know, like, what are we doing? You can't take a hard, you know, you can't, when things are getting tough, you can't make new rules and you can't take a hard line, you know, and, and just start doing this because when you have past practice in play, I mean, that's just such a huge, I mean, and I think too, and I think sometimes, People don't understand when you haven't been around the law that there's so many things that come into play and this stuff, it just never works out. It never works out when you do arbitrarily stuff like this. It just doesn't work. It doesn't. Um, and also too, she did, I, I personally, you know, when she did the gavel, there wasn't a lot, usually like at our closed session meetings, I mean, there's sides, you know, we all know what, what's in, what's in those rooms. There's people who are, you know, proponents of CRT and there's opponents of it. You know, there's people who want vaccine mandates, there's people who don't. What I thought was just kind of strange was that there was only two people there who would be a Buck supporter, but yet the whole room was filled with, um, you know, the people who are showing up, you know, against CRT and against the mandates and stuff. And so then I also found it very suspect the next morning when um, she announced on Twitter her campaign reelection. And all of the people who have been causing me, like writing me hate mail, um, who've had information that I was always wondering, well, where did they get this from? Are we supporting her? 
So then all everything kind of tied together. And so I think too, I think when, you know, announcing on Twitter, all you have to do is go through and look and show that all of the people who have been hating me, asking for me to be recalled, I'm a white supremacist, I'm an insurrectionist, I'm a white nationalist, all of this stuff is coming from this group of people who absolutely support her. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, you have to start taking a look. I think in the past, people have been able to hide. Um, how, you know, they've been able to hide. Like for me, I never ha- I never hid it. I said exactly who I was. I said exactly what I wanted to do. And I said, I wouldn't waver. I wouldn't change. Um, I'm going to work for the kids and I want more education, so on and so forth. Now you have, I mean, I don't see how you hide from a base who wants CRT, who wants ethnic studies, who wants all of this stuff um, that she's been pushing for, for her last 10 or 12 years on the board. I don't see how you could, I don't see how you hide from that anymore. Um, you know, so she might have to run on an actual party. Can't say you're nonpartisan, but you have just, you know, one no. side that only supports you. Right. Just really quick, uh, we're broadcasting on four different Facebook channels on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and uh, Rumble. So if you're on any of those platforms, uh, maybe not Rumble, if you have a question for Leandra or something you want to bring up before we sign off here, um, just write it in the comments. Again, I'm not sure that Rumble will show up. I think that's only what it will not. But um, just go ahead and type it in the comments. We've got um, somebody that appreciates. Diane is a a friend of mine from uh, some time ago, but she says she's so grateful for... uh, uh, our consistent pursuit of truth regarding our students and need uh, uh, as parents to be aware and persistent in our own pursuit of the values we seek to teach our children. Keep it up. And uh, I think, uh, though she may be directing that because she's a friend of mine, um, you uh, exemplify that on our school board. And we appreciate uh, that you're, um, you're constant just taking it uh, for us <laughs> and being out there. And um it's just, uh, it's so important. Uh, you know, Sean too, uh, I think I gave him a really hard time after his very first school board meeting. I wasn't very patient, but he's uh, uh, he's been standing up for our students and the parents that got him elected. Uh, I, I did not speak very highly of, of Marilyn the other day and still am concerned about her, her position on the things that we really, I, I want to say that we got her elected. Uh, uh, because we thought that she would have these very similar values and it, she hasn't been consistent uh, on those for us. So um, I, I, I do want to bring up one thing too, when we're sure. talking about these vaccine and these masks, um, the ESSER funding is not, you know, the ESSER funding I'm as more and more comes out. I do think we're going to find some, some ties to, you know, between the money and all these mandates, but also too, when I went up to Sacramento on the third and we met with the senators and the assemblymen and we, um, you know, we've met there with Rockland with some school board members, and we basically have demanded that Newsom end this emergency order so we can retain local control. Um, so there was some teachers who were CTA members up there, and they went into the meetings with us, and they said, hey, we just want you guys to know that the CTA is pushing that, you know, the school boards, um, you know, threats from the teachers and from the union members that if these kids are found with no masks, you know, to sue the superintendent, to the school district, to the school board, um, if, you know, they're not doing this. So basically, if you're not doing what the union wants, they're telling their teachers to basically rat them out and then, you know, try to scare the school boards into being sued. And so the CTA in this union is absolutely behind this 100%. So I just feel like it's all like, it's, it's all coming tied together and people will say like, Oh, she just hates the union. No, I don't hate the union. I've been in two unions in my life. You know, um, right. my husband belongs to a union. I don't hate unions. I hate unions that don't just work for the employees benefits. Um, and you know, you know, trying to get better pay, things like that. I hate unions that come in and do this to kids. I mean, I have a thing right now that the CTA is trying to push. They're doing forums on like CRT and implicit bias for their teachers. Like, why aren't we doing, why aren't we doing workshops on, you know, like, remember how you'd like attend stuff. It's like, oh, here's your 401k and how to make it better. And here's this, like those true unions who are working for their employees to actually like better their work environment and their pay and their benefits. Those are the type of stuff that those unions, you know, that they put on. They don't put on, you know, this type of of stuff for, for teachers if you don't have an agenda. Um, Right. 
so I just, you know, so she, she kind of solidified to everybody up there. She, you know, she told an assemblyman, she told, you know, she told people, this is what they're doing behind the scenes. This is what they're pushing. And they're putting a lot of pressure and, you know, the union's been very powerful in the past. And so they're putting a lot of pressure on the school districts, you know, and um, the superintendents and the school boards, you know, to do this. And I, and I sit here still and I like, look, and I still wonder why people are so fearful of these teachers unions. And I think that it's just because they've been powerful for so long that they don't know how to unentangle from them. Like, this is all they know. This is all we've ever known. But I think right. that there's another path to, you know, to, to go another route. We just have to find the people who are, you know, who are fearless and who will say, you know what, this is not good for students. This is not even good for our teachers. We need to go a different path. Yeah, it's obvious not good. I mean, just in the one meeting where they presented this information that uh, only 4.12% of uh, grades K through eight are above level. Four percent, four on level forty percent. Uh, below level uh, by one uh, step is thirty-two, and two or more levels below is twenty-three percent of the students. Only four point one is uh, is above the level. What are they doing? I mean, it's just they were spending so much. And I've said this before that we spend so much time on these other issues that are nonsense yeah. that have nothing to do with education. It doesn't teach our kids to read. Doesn't te teach them how to count. Doesn't right. teach them uh, how to write. Uh, and, and, and we're spending so much more money and so much more time on something that's just, just nonsense. In the meantime, we're also telling them that, that they have to wear masks. Yes. And, uh, yes. Um, they have to wear masks and it's, and the, and the thing too is, is that in other countries, like in China and Russia, how, what are they saying? Are they spending time on these extra issues? Are they learning, you know, the trades and are they learning math and are they learning science? And are they learning how to write? I mean, and that's just a thing. Like, I don't understand. I, I do understand. I'm not going to say I don't understand anymore. I always say I don't understand, but I really, I really do understand. Um, but it's just, it, it, it's a hard thing. And I think, too, after being on the board for a year, I realized how we've gotten to where we are. Mm -hmm. And I also realized, too, that, you know, when, for instance, when we go back to do hiring, um, you know, in closed session, when they bring people forward, the only information we're getting is their name, where they went to college, where they've worked, if they're married, single, if they have a cat or a dog, and what they like to do. So you're sitting there and you're supposed to take a vote back there with that type of information. And I thought that that was absolutely absurd. And I know that- There's so no oral board that you would sit, that they would sit in front of, like have no, you? And, no, and so, and so that was the thing. I brought that up early on, like maybe I would say a few months into it. And, and I know that, um, Sean and Marilyn, because it had been, I think it had been brought up with Marilyn. And then I think when I, it had been brought up one time. And so I said, we need to sit in like at least principals and above, we need to sit in because we need to know what their view is, you know, what their direction is, how they want to go. Right. And I was told, no, just flat out. No, no, don't put it up to a board vote. And I said, well, how do we know who we're hiring? And they said, well, this is what you trust us for. This is what you know, you're our boss or, you know, superintendent, you know, this is what I'm here to do. And it just comes to a point where you go, well, wait a second here. Like we're kept so far out of the game. We're just supposed to take somebody's word for it. And there was finally one where I said, well, you know, I, I'm not going to repeat what I said, but I did talk to other school boards and, you know, I asked, so how they sit down on their interviews, their vendors come in, like we get all these vendors. And you have this like rainbows and butterflies little paragraph or two about how lovely this program is. And then you go Google it and you find it's just CRT. It is, yeah. it's just nonsense. And you go, what the heck? And, and so you start to question, you have to do, I mean, you have to do so much work just to find out what these programs actually are. So then I asked another school district, you know, cause you're up there with a bunch of different school districts. So you just, you're sitting around, you're asking questions and they say, Oh no, we, uh, we'll get on a zoom with the vendor so we can go ask questions. They'll do a presentation to us so you can ask questions. And I'm sitting here going, why are we being, why is so much information being withheld from us? And we're just supposed to make these decisions. And then I realized this is how it was always was before. And so this is why there, this is why there's no change happening because they don't want the change to happen. And so 
we have to start doing something different because like this, this ain't working. This is how we, yeah. And there's going, there's a lot of resistance to this, but it makes sense. Like as people have said, how are you supposed to make an informed decision about people who are going to be leading our kids, you know, presiding over our kids in school, you have directors, you have assistant superintendents. If you don't even know what their goals are, what type of it, you know, what they believe in, what direction they want to lead the district or their school. Like, how are you supposed to make those informed decisions when you just basically have, you have like a bio from like, I don't know, it's probably like the same bio the bachelor goes off of, you know, I mean, who knows? So. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, I mean, you are, you are a representative of your community, right? right. The community elected you. We're hoping that you will take our values and, and go into a situation like that and hire the people that meet our values. Right. That, that's, that's ideal. And that they surely don't want that. Right? Right. <laughs> that that's exactly what they don't want. Uh, just in speaking of this, um, this issue is that today we had a rally there at the, at the, um, the school district mm -hmm. there in Orangethorpe. And uh, it was mostly about the mask uh, issue, but also we were talking about the, the vaccines too. And a very good number of people showed up. And I, I do really like to see that it's a good mixture of men and women. So it's just not mama bears. Uh, right. Papa bears are there too. And we had a, a really good showing. And um, it was night, 930 in the morning or something like that, which is when many people are at work. So I was really impressed with the amount of people that right. either took time off of work and came down there. Uh, but I, I, with that being said, the, the days that we have the school board meetings on Tuesdays, once a month, how important is it uh, to have the parents showing up. I know what it was happening before. Nobody was showing up and that's how we got into this mess. And, right. uh, and so many parents weren't paying attention and we were being silent. But uh, at this point is, is the number is the, the outpouring of concern by parents important to a school board meeting uh, when the parents show up? Well, of course it is. And I think this is, you know, I, I kind of sit there and I listen, I observe and, you know, I think it's important for everybody to be there because, this is your this is your school. This is your school district. And I think what people have forgotten when they say, well, this is our business meeting. Well, the only reason that the business is there is because of the taxpayers. Mm. And I feel like that's been a huge thing that people forget is that this district is run by taxpayers. They might say it's government funded, but there is no government funded. It's taxpayer funded. So essentially, our taxpayers are paying this. I mean, it's kind of funny. I hate I hate saying that because remember, like when you pull the floor, you ask people, I pay your salary. Right. Um, so it is, <laughs> so I kind of like hate having to say that, but, um, but it's true. It's so true. And, and you know, too, and that's why I've been a proponent as well, um, even in the school board race. And I've been very open with it. I, I am for school choice because I believe in things like this are happening in this school and they're pushing CRT and they're pushing, um, you know, things like the mask and they're pushing different things. You should be able to go and use your taxpayer money and have a choice to go somewhere else, whether it's a charter school. You know, I mean, I've signed the school choice stuff, um, you know, the petitions to get on the ballot because I, I think it is important that the money follows your kid because yeah. I'm just, I mean, I'm sitting here and I'm on a school board and people say, well, how could you be for school choice? It's like, no, I'm not, I'm not a paid person for the district. I represent you guys and I see what's happening and I see what goes on. And so, you know what, if you can take your education elsewhere and the money can follow your kid, perfect. Because then if the district starts to lose things, because if you're yelling and screaming, like we are at the top of our lungs about things and we're just not being heard and they're just going on as planned. Okay. Then go, let them go somewhere else. And then if they start to lose a bunch of students, I mean, it's like capitalism one-on-one, you know, you're going to give the people what they want and they will come. Like there should be no reason that there's any fear ever of a charter school coming in or anything else, you know, coming into the area. Um, you shouldn't have any fear. If you're giving the community the education and what they want, then you should have no fear whatsoever about anything. It's if you're yep. freaking worried that you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing and the community doesn't like what you're doing. That's when, it, you know, yeah, if there's no, if there's no, yeah. If there's no competition and no consequence to bad yeah. behavior and bad decision-making, yeah. then they just go on and continue making exactly. bad decisions. So there, exactly. there has to be a consequence. Yeah. And, um, and I mean, too, and, and you know, I don't want these teachers, like, you know, people say, oh, well, you know, that could cause teachers to lose their job. And it's the same thing. 
give the give the community what they want and they're not going to go and teachers won't lose their job right I, so, how hard is that <laughs> i don't know you know i think too i think we've lost um sight of that many things like police department fire department all these places they're run like businesses and i think in education like as i've kind of watched it kind of seems like you know it's not truly truly run like a business model and i feel like if we maybe kind of return to things like that like leave the politics out of it and actually look at what's working and you know not all this fluff that keeps getting in yep. everywhere you know i think things could change Yep. You can tell when an organization or someone is ashamed of what they're doing is because they don't want people to see. And that's how I felt about the January 11th meeting that they just didn't like, well, we don't want coming people asking questions anymore. This is, I mean, they're going to ask us about these mesh masks and we're not ready and we don't have a rule. Um, and I remember in the dog training business, there were trainers that wouldn't allow the, uh, the, the customer to see how their dog was being trained. Like, well, what are you trying to hide? What are you, what are you, what are you kicking the dog? You know, right. you may get some type of result. But what are you afraid of by not having people watch? I also think about uh, Anaheim Police Department when we started to have the, um, the Citizens Academy, where the citizens were now allowed to come into our police department and see how each one of the, the divisions were run and mm -hmm. how the SWAT team did certain things and how the canine unit did certain things. It really put a lot of pressure on all of us to do better. Right. And to be more uh, transparent with what it is we do. And sometimes they have to see that police work is ugly. It's just yeah. as a fact, it's ugly. And if you keep trying to tell them that it's not ugly and we, you know you just can't see what we do, then you start to get a little bit crazy, it gets out of hand. Right. Um, and so again, back to the competition and the consequence to uh, bad behavior in the school district, that's, they've been able to get away with a lot because nobody was watching, nobody was paying attention. Yeah. Um, so I, I just, I get so encouraged when I, when I see people there, I just wanted to get your, yeah. your feedback on, on how yeah. it affected the school board. No, and, and you know, too, and that is like, I kind of went off on the other stuff, but it is, it's That's encouraging okay. <laughs> to see people, to hear people because I, I mean, this is, this is your school district. This is, this is your school district. These are your children and, and people, I feel like, and I'm not naming names and I'm not saying that this is like, that this is all going on at, at the district. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying in general, from what I'm seeing all across the country and from what I'm seeing in Orange County, is that I think people have lost sight that these are people's children mm -hmm. and, you know, they need to come speak up for them. And so I'm super proud when people come and they speak up and they fight for their kids. Because you know what? The stuff that's going on with these kids, it's not right. It is not right at all. You can have a Super Bowl here, but we're still under emergency order. You can have all this stuff going on, but we're under emergency order. I mean, like it just needs, to, we just need the madness to stop. And I know teachers tell me all the time, they're working harder, they're contact tracing, you know, they're doing, I mean, and the whole uh, contact tracing and um, what is it? The testing and the, you know, the quarantine and stuff. People up North are, are not doing that. That was a, you know, the CDPH only recommended it. Dr. Chow made it a local health order. So Dr. Chow has made life so much harder for our teachers, for the admin staff, for everybody. By, you know, by doing this, because the teachers can't just go in and teach. You have to go make sure you've logged everybody who's in these seats. So in case somebody pops up positive, you know, you have to do all the contact tracing. I mean, I've literally seen administrators there until three or four hours afterwards because they're doing the contact tracing for the day. I mean, teachers are exhausted. Administration's exhausted. The kids are exhausted. Everybody is exhausted. But yet I just feel like we're just like, instead of just showing some grace and just going, oh my gosh, like everybody just do the best that you can wear the mask, you know, that's the most, you know, wear the mask that you want your child to be in They're masked up. It says face covering and it says a cloth mask, you know, put it on and like, let's go teach these kids. Um, and I don't know. I don't know. Am I just like too simplistic about these things? Or, like, no. I just, you know, like sometimes I like sit here and you start to like ask yourself, am I just like thinking that this is just such a simple concept? But I mean, and I do understand. I do understand the fear. I understand. And I blame a lot of fear on the media. It's like if you listen to the media and you listen to Dr. Fauci all day, you're going to sit there in your living room in the morning as you're making your coffee, listening to the news and think, I, my kid's going to die today if he goes to school and doesn't wear his mask. I mean, mm -hmm. It's just, it's just well, sad. It's sad. For, for months, we've asked this district to be a leader, right? To step out of 
the norm that you see happening uh, in many other districts in, in California. And there are some that are stepping out. Uh, I know that I've, I've seen a few of them. And I, they're not coming to the top of my head here, but they, they have pushed back against the mask mandates and they have pushed back against CRT. And we're, we're definitely not the first. But um, the thing that uh, uh, is, is bizarre is that they can see the number of people that show up, the number of parents that if they decided to step out and be, and be a leader in, this, in these issues that we're bringing up, yeah. They have the support of the parents. Right. <laughs> so it doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense that, I mean, what, again, it, it only, it always comes down to uh, the money part of it. Right. That when uh, I was told today about the, the $20 million, or I, I see somebody put $45 million here, whatever it is, right. if that's it, if they have sold our children's health, yeah. sold our children who are on the verge of committing suicide, that are drinking too much and taking too many drugs, according to the stats that I read, right. if they, if they'd rather have that, you know, that if they'd rather have the money with those consequences, you know, it, it's evil. It's devilish. They are spineless cowards. And um, I, I just it doesn't make any sense for me. So. Right. Um, and, you know, too, I, what I was also going to mention is I watched, um, you know, you kind of you watch. how There's a lot of people in our community. You know, we had this like outpouring of like Orange Unified comes and supports the parents for placentia. You know, placentia goes and, you know, placentia or Belinda parents go to Orange Unified. They go to test and everybody kind of goes and watches each other um, and participates in support. Um, and what I found very, like, telling the other night as well, and somebody called me from the meeting. They were in Orange Unified's meeting and they had, there was a cop in there, mask underneath his nose. There was somebody sitting there maskless. There was somebody with a mesh mask, you know, there's, there's this, this whole slew of people, you know, mesh, mask, unmask, whatever. And Orange Unified was still able to carry out their business meeting. Mm. And so I thought that was very telling that every single, nobody deviated, nobody changed the rules. Right. All the school districts around us, all these school boards were able to hold their meetings, but somehow we couldn't do it. Mm. And I, just, you know, her, her very first official meeting as president and she failed. Yeah. She, she couldn't, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, uh, so crazy. Karen writes, uh, and why are, uh, and why are activists from outside our district with no kids here having more influence on what happens to our kids than us parents do? There's no way. I will, I will, I will say that we have some, we have some activists, um, in our school district there, they show up, they do not have any kids. Um, they are, they're activists for the Democratic Party. And we have a couple of parents who have some, you know, they have some, um, you know, they have some contacts and they start, you know, making phone calls. I mean, we have the flyer go out that said, you know, come to the school board meeting if you're on this side and you'll get hours, volunteer hours for this. Um, and so, you know, there's just, there's just, op there's, op there's, there's just opposition on both sides. But um, I do think it's sad because when you have people who are in line, and I've heard it from people, they say, you know, go fill up all the seats so the parents can't sit down. You have college yes. students from Chapman, Cal State Fullerton, all these places. I do think that that's sad because, you know, one day those kids, I mean, who knows, maybe in 10 years, that kid's going to be, you know, a parent. And if they really think something's important that they need to be in, they're going to feel really bad if some college student's sitting in that seat that, you know, that's important to them to hear or to advocate for their kid. Um, especially to if like, you know, people were telling me in line that they didn't even know they go, what school district is this again? Where are we? I mean, so it's just, yeah. you know, it's, you don't even know where they're at. It's just, it's, it's political games. And I think it's, it hurts most for the parents because these are their children and people don't understand that these are not political pawns. Children are not political pawns. It's like I got a comment from Carrie Buck here. It says, uh, there's too much common sense in this discussion. I must stop, Carrie Buck. I think it's Ben. I'm going to say it too. I've yeah. never, like, I would say, um, you know, I, I, I think that there is a profession, there's a professional, like, you know, I'm, I'm speaking the way I'm speaking because, it is true what happened, you know, and, you know, coming out the next day with your thing and then you start to connect all these dots like, oh, my gosh, this is how these people have had so much information on me. And so I think that that's pertinent because 
I don't know. You kind of just start to feel a little bit like, uh, you know, like the, the true colors have shown. Um, and I've always gotten along with her, you know, outside of politics. Like, I don't think we'll ever agree. We won't probably ever agree politically. But, um, you know, I get along with her. I don't know after she hears me saying this tonight if uh, <laughs> that'll be yeah. the case. But I believed, like, the other day that that was the first actual political, real political statement and playing to her base that, that she did. When people say that I play to my base, I'm not playing to my base. When I said we wanted to get rid of CRT, that's not playing to my base. I make, I'm, I'm doing a campaign promise. It's what I promised I would do as elect, you know, being elected. The things that I'm doing up there are exactly what I promised I would do. I'm never playing to my base. I'm doing what I promise. I like to say promises made, promises kept. For somebody that's been around as long as she has, I think, what is it, 15 years? To, I forget how long. Well, At 12 years, it was, it was just very amateurish. Yeah. I mean, she just, uh, she couldn't even do it gracefully. You would have thought that she would have came up with something a little bit better. I'm going to get a couple comments and then I have one more question before we sign off here. But uh, Karen says, Tustin school board meeting tonight didn't announce no mesh masks. And well, because it's not a CDPH, it's not a CDPH, it's not, it's nowhere. And, and I have heard from doctors that the reason the CDPH and the CDC will not mandate a certain type of mask is because it does, it gives them responsibility. Um, and so they don't want to do that. So that's why they say the, you know, the best, you know, this is the, what, whatever word I use, my brain's kind of right now. Um, you know, it's the best, like to the worst, but even when you get down to the worst, they don't say, don't ever wear it. Don't wear it. And do, do not wear this into a school. Do not wear this here. They give you the best and they give you the worst. I mean, if you kind of think about it, how equitable since equity is the big, you know, word in schools. If you can afford this like fancy wazoo mask, what if you can't afford this fancy wazoo mask? And, you know, these kids are losing their masks all the time. How do you, right. you know, I mean, sure, the schools are handing out these masks, but they're not saying how safe the masks are. It doesn't say, I mean, it says right there on the box, this doesn't provide it, protect against COVID. So I just think this whole thing is like, it's just ludicrous. Like I, I scratch my head every day just going, what the heck is going on? And, and why are we buying into the madness that's just, I mean, look at how divided we are right now. Teachers are divided, students are divided, families are divided. Like if anything, we should not be making arbitrary rules that continue to divide. Yep, give choice. You know, I was just thinking that, uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, Biden had announced that he was gonna send every home a, a mask. Uh, and then I, then I was, I was thinking, cause I have a lot of kids, right? We have, uh, uh five kids that go to two, two in elementary, one in junior high and two in high school. And I'm thinking, well, what's one going to do? Because you're supposed to, if you're supposed to, and this is the, you know, word from the medical, uh, and, um, and, and the scientists is that you wear an N95. When you take it off, you have to throw it away and get a new one. Right. And right. by the time I did the math, let's just say we use five masks a day. That's uh -huh. something like 1200 and something mask a month. Yeah. So he's going to send me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it just gets so ridiculous yeah. that they just continue to push something that is just illogical and nonsensical. That just it's yeah. it's so crazy that we're divided over something that's so so stupid. It's we're one of the dumbest over things. A piece of cloth <laughs> over a piece of cloth. I mean, and and that's the thing too. And and I mean, the CDC comes out and says, you know, these cloth masks probably don't work. And my fear is that they're going to start to say people need to wear the N95s or the surgical. But then, how does the CDC and the CDPH walk back that that's not safe for children? Yeah. I mean, and yeah. I don't know. I think nope. parents have done a wonderful job. Most of everybody, you know, most of their kids' life, making the best choices for them. And so I just feel like we should be, you know. How many times did a kid next to you have snot running down his face? He was still in school and somehow we're all still here. Yep. So. Well, the, the stat is that it there's not one healthy child who's died of COVID-19. Right. Uh, since this thing has started. Not one. Right. I know people go, wait, wait, what about the 300 and something? Those were, those were children that had cancer and yeah. at least four more uh, comorbidities that were, you know, uh, obese. Um, but, uh, you know, most of our children, again, if, 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 my, if I had an obese child, if I had a child that had diabetes, diabetes, I would probably tell them to wear a mask. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't, I, I'd want them to be as protected as possible, but it would be an N95 mask. It wouldn't be these diapers on their face right. that, that stop nothing. Right. Right. Again, that's my job as a parent. It's not the schools. 
to right. mask all the other kids that have that are not going to be even affected by this thing. Right. Um, and then not to mention the, you know, the antibodies that I have. I, I have the antibodies right. and I slept That's with a COVID bye. patient for <laughs> seven days. I slept right. with her for seven days. I didn't get sick with COVID. I, you know, anyway, I'm going to get a whole another rant and I need to stop. Um, I just want to, before I let you go, I just want to ask about the CRT wording that we've been working on for the last three months, however long it's been and, and yeah. not getting to the bottom of it. Is there any chance that we are going to be able to ban this ridiculous curriculum, uh, yeah. otherwise known as CRT? I would say, I mean, if you look in our school board meetings, um, you know, in our study sessions, it appears every time we have a three to two vote. Um, and so I would say, yes, it's just basically one more paragraph um, that we're, you know, that, that paragraph we're working on. And I think we have it inserted and, um, you know, they're just kind of doing the final touches, making sure everything's legal. In fact, tomorrow was supposed to be a CRT study session to finish it up. Um, so it could be on the February agenda. So now I bet you it'll be pushed to March, but you know what? That's okay. If it gets pushed to March, that's totally fine. You know, because I mean, like, you know, it is what it is. And I feel like a lot of people almost are saying that what she did, um, you know, by breaking the bylaws and unilaterally um, adjourning a meeting, a lot of people are coming with like, oh, there's more people coming probably than the last time. There's a ton of information flowing. People feel like they're more prepared. I mean, I, I just don't, I don't see, I don't see how, how stopping the meeting last, last week, like in my mind, I was like sitting there going, this is going to get real. Like this yeah. is going to get real just made it worse. next meeting. It just made it worse. Yeah. yeah. Like I was sitting there and then, you know, too. And then I was also getting some people saying, Oh, well she sat there. So, you know, she didn't leave. Well, I didn't leave because I didn't believe that this was the right thing to do. I thought we were breaking rules by just walking out of a meeting, you know, no date, no time, no nothing. But not only that too, what about the seven o'clock open session meeting? Like what happened to that? Yeah. yeah, and I'm also the clerk of the board and nobody gave me anything to sign that said we're adjourned. So, I mean, like, there's some, like, there's rules here. Like, I like because I didn't follow the whole crowd out the door. I mean, Sean stayed and we did. Me and Sean stay outside till about seven-ish because mm -hmm. we thought there should be another meeting. Like, we go, what about the seven o'clock meeting? Once once nobody was coming back and the door stayed locked, we figured right. we were probably good to go. Well, uh, the one thing for sure is that uh, Carrie Buck is who we thought she was. There's no doubt about that. We all, all of us parents, you know, have called her out at one point or another during a meeting and she's exactly who we thought she was. Um, anything else <laughs> before her? Uh, oh, I just got to point out one more thing. I, I saw um, uh, Freeman. What's Freeman's first name? I always forget her first Karen. name. Karen. Um, uh, oh, yeah, Karen. Uh, was pointing it like directing towards you when you were taking a drink of your water, mm -hmm. which is, I mean, another like just this stupid thing that she was doing. And yeah. I go on, you know, with her arms, like, look at, look at, <laughs> look at. Yeah. And then right as the meeting was ending, uh, Buck pulls down her mask and starts drinking from her water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the? Yeah. I mean, uh, oh, I, yeah. You know, I, uh, I, when I saw that, I will, I'm going to say, because I usually don't drink, like, you know, I wouldn't drink that much water at the beginning of a meeting because it's usually meetings, you know, go on. So I usually try to pace myself. But since I saw the motioning, you know, yeah. there was this like abs absurd motioning coming my way. I made sure, you know, I did do like a seven miler that morning. So I was thirsty. I really was. Yeah. But, you know, usually I pace myself a little better. But I, I'm going to sit here and say, I did. I took a long extra swig of that water before I had to pull that mask back on. Because that, it's not fun. Before I had to put my mesh mask back on that nobody gave me the heads up about that they were going to announce that there is a mesh mask rule in our district right. that I, as a board member, knew nothing about, was not asked about nothing. So, right. Just a couple yeah. of these comments too before we leave. We got uh, Karen says, they made that no mesh rule up to protect that, that principle after you remove the poor kid from his class for wearing one. None of the cloth masks work, so why um, rule out wearing one particular kind? It's not uh, okay to keep kicking the CRT ban to yet another month. Come on, we want it now. I agree with Karen. Uh, based on the crap they continue to put on the agenda for approval, we need it. Dora says, looks like uh, Freeman knew exactly what was going on. Yeah, and there wasn't really anything out on that desk. It was easy to just jump up and leave. I'm, I'm a little... I was a little suspect, but I, I mean, I'm going to try to give 
I'll try yep. to give her the the benefit mm -hmm. of the doubt. But I, didn't. You know, I have my stuff up. I can pack up that fast. Yeah. <laughs> I, that was, yeah, I called was her. Like, I think the three of them. Almost. Like you were ready, you know, like stop, drop and roll. <laughs> yeah. The three of them colluded to, uh, to do something very stupid with that meeting. And that was ended inappropriately, which yeah. is just going to, it's going to make their life more difficult. Um, he was sweating. I don't Dr. know what that Chow? was. He should be. <laughs> Good. And uh, was fidgeting with him mask a lot. Huh. Not sure. All right. Flash Freeman. Well, I have a kid. <laughs> I have a kid asking to be picked up from practice. So. Okay. All right. Um, we're going to let you go. I'm going to head on. All right. All right, my friends. Throughout the meeting, please. Um, you know, people say, oh, it's all Leander's people that she asked them to come and speak. No. But you know what? If you have something to say, come to the school board meeting. It's your right as an American citizen. It's your right as a community member. It's your right as a parent to let your voice be heard, no matter what side you're on. No matter yeah, that's what very side strange. None of us need your permission, and I'm not saying this to yeah. be mean or anything. We don't need your permission to come to the come there oh, on no. our own volition. Right. Leander's called me. I've never called her before a meeting that, that I could remember. Um, right. Something happens in the news, I'll, I'll ask you about it, but that's about it. I have my other sources. Okay. Um, yeah. And I don't want to cause you any problems. So I, right. I, I purposely don't uh, do those things. Right. And yeah. I have teachers emailing me all the time. So yeah, yeah. it's, uh, yeah. All right, friends. We all love right. you guys. Thanks for watching. Thank you, Leander, right. for giving me so much of your time. I of course. Okay. Alrighty. I'll talk to you guys soon. Okay. All right. Bye. bye.